This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a Pinky in the Brain episode of the Animaniacast. Have you ever thought, Pinky, why it is that we haven't yet succeeded in taking over the world? Oh, I know what, then. Gremlins, little sprinkly sprites that confuse us and mix us up, always twiddling their little fingers in our ears. An interesting theory. And welcome to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast to talk exclusively about the animated series Animaniacs. And you're probably asking, what are we going to do tonight? And I'll tell you, it's the same thing we do every night. We try to talk about Pinky in the Brain. Revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we're going to give this episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, Nathan. Yes, I see. (laughs) And Kelly. Hello. (laughs) I think it would have worked, Kelly, if you said, yes, I see, also, because, boy, oh, boy, that would have... (laughs) That was said a lot. (laughs) What what did you say? I said, sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Uh, Well... Today we are going to be talking about episode three of Pinky and the Brain, which includes the two segments in a song. It includes Tokyo Grows, That Smarts, and Brainstem. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun episode of Pinky and the Brain, but what would you guys say about it in a few words? Uh, Nathan? Um, it proves that uh, Brain is not the genius and that Pinky is not insane i guess there you go <laughs> that's the proof this is the episode that proves oh, it all oh, oh really oh okay okay sure um and kelly what about you i thought it was uh, appropriate timing with the new godzilla movie out now absolutely especially uh you know with multiple monsters and everything too um mm-hmm. recording this before the movie comes out so but it's been out for like a week now. I know. So, boy, we should be seeing it now. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> Are you guys planning on seeing this Godzilla movie? Yeah, I'll yeah. see it. What? The only time I ever saw any kind of Godzilla movies or anything was when they were on Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> oh, yes. Or, or MST3K, as most people call it now. But yeah. mm-hmm. Against Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. I remember that one with <laughs> Mystery Science Theater. I like the one with Gamera. Gamera, oh, the, well, yeah. Can you sing the song? Gamera is really neat. Gamera <laughs> is full of meat. We believe in Gamera. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best thing ever when I heard it. Ah, yes. Uh, Mystery Science Theater is one of those shows that I don't think, because of what they were talking about, which was old movies, for the most part, um, it, it it really holds up really well. And a lot of the things they were referencing were completely obscure, but they were just funny. I would just laugh along with it, even though I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, it was funny because until the the internet really got up and running, I did I would start googling some of the things they said and said, "Oh, it's like a 
that's a dishwashing commercial from the 1960s is what they were referencing. Like, who would have known that? I think the um, uh, Tom Servo and Crow puppets are on display now at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta. Oh, awesome. You know, I haven't been back there since they got them, but they have them now. You, it is possible to build those, by the way. You can. I've, I've seen the kits on eBay. It costs a lot of money, but you can do it. <laughs> well, let's talk. This has no Mystery Science Theater commentary. It just has us talking about it, which we're nowhere near as funny as them. But we're going to try to be at least informational, perhaps. Um, Nathan, tell us, when did today's episode first premiere? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so... So uh, it was a Sunday, um, if I remember right. Um, I believe it was <laughs> September seventeenth. Is that right? Nineteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Wikipedia says. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because IMDb says differently, so I got all confused. But hmm. um, no, IMDb said that. But the, I don't know. There's a there was a inconsistency. But I believe the seventeenth of Sunday was the day which was one day after the 69th Miss American Pageant and the 20th Toronto International Film Festival. Um, it was the same day we found out who shot Mr. Burns, and it was two days before the Post and the Times released the Unabomber's uh, manifesto. Wait a minute. You seem very familiar. Yeah, we, I've gone over these things multiple times. <laughs> I might have said them last time, because uh, who knows when these episodes are. <laughs> I want to say you said it during the last Freakazoid one, I'm pretty sure. Yep. I think so, because, again, you know, um, I also said it on the Animaniacs. When, uh... <laughs> yeah, so, you know, whatever. We're really going to get these facts down, They're, you know, these dates down. go and... over them, but that was Variety Speak, Three Tenors and You're Out, and Bingo. Yep. So that was, yep, yep. <laughs> a Same date, date which will live well, in infamy. The day after, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's go ahead and get into our discussion. Let's start off with Tokyo Grows. And Tokyo Grows was written by Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell IV, and it was directed by Al Zegler. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Tokyo Grows? Well, the... uh takes place in Tokyo in the 1950s, I guess. There's like a those little captions at the beginning of the episode, so we know we're not in the standard Acme Labs. And Pinky and the Brain are listening to the scientists talk about Gollyzilla, and the Emperor wants their feedback on Gollyzilla. And so Brain gets the idea to use a uh, growing ray to make Pinky so big and, you know, but turn him into Pinkyzilla. And then Brain will make himself big so that he can defeat Pinkyzilla. I will alter this equipment and enlarge myself to become a 400-foot-tall mouse who'll save the world from Gollyzilla. But you just said there was no such thing as Gollyzilla, Brain. There is now, Pinky. Or should I say, Pinkzilla. Yes, I see. But of course, it doesn't go quite according to plan. Because Pinky has disappeared. And I don't know how you lose a giant <laughs> mouse in a lizard costume, honestly. <laughs> but uh, Brain doesn't know where he is. But then the real Gollyzilla comes out of the water. 
and Brain doesn't realize it's not Pinky, and so he starts trying to fight with him, and learns that Gollyzilla has, you know, fire and can breathe it, and he thrashes him around with his tail and everything, and uh, he's not doing so well in the battle, and Pinky finally shows up, and he's like, why you know, here I am, brains like what? No, I'm fighting Pinky. And doesn't it doesn't quite occur to him right away that you know, now there's three monsters fighting each other. So meanwhile the the ray, because the, the lab's been mostly destroyed and I guess the ray's been exposed to the air and like it starts zapping things and buildings start getting huge and everything starts growing. And then soon the whole world gets bigger. So that sort of puts everything back where it should be because now everything is the correct size in relation to what it should be. It's all proportional. So, right, proportional. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so um, everybody's bigger, but Pinky the Brain are still small. But also, Gollyzilla is actually small too now because he's in the cage with them. So. Um, I mean, you know, again, proportionally speaking. So uh, that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. Well, perhaps they'll be more successful when they have a uh, a, a fire-breathing lizard and uh, a, a tiny Raymond Burr with them. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out, which we never do, of course, but whatever. Uh, so there we go. There we have it. Uh, I was a little bit worried. I don't know about you, Nathan. I was a little bit worried of the gravitational pull of Earth since it got bigger in the solar system that was the only thing i was a little worried about it's true it but, should be a larger mass i would assume i don't maybe the mass stays the same in which case the gravity would not change um but uh, it being bigger would affect the sun because i would think it would be closer to the sun at different times the rotation would be different you know i was changes i was worried about all that see yeah <laughs> that's the only thing i thought of adult brain starts getting into in the way and going oh, wait a minute no yeah. Like, that's not that's not good for like you're gonna be closer to the sun you would assume yeah solar rays and stuff yeah so it'd be hotter and, but I mean it's still they still might be alive and the ma- they never said whether the mass changes but I I think it's safe to assume that the mass does change but which doesn't make sense because this conservation of mass is a fundamental property you know. Never show an episode of Pinky and the Brain to someone who studies physics and stuff. <laughs> it's a problem. Well, that's a problem with Ant-Man, too. You know, just watching those, where he shrinks. He's like, does he, does he weigh as much as he did as a, when he was big? Like, or like, And when he gets really big, does he still weigh like 100 and something pounds? Like, <sighs> See, when it comes to Marvel stuff, you just have to go, it's magic. <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It is because the whole time travel thing and end game and everything. I'm just like, okay, what? It, it it doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to let it go and let it happen and not think too much about it because otherwise I will get upset. So it's magic. <laughs> anyway, well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the cultural references in this episode. And there's actually quite a few. In fact, the first one, um, I had the title itself, Tokyo Grows. I really didn't think much of it, but. Apparently, it's a reference to Tokyo Rose. A Tokyo Rose was actually a an English-speaking Japanese woman who, during World War II, would get on the Allied radio 
and and basically do a lot of uh, propaganda, anti, you know, ally propaganda. I'm assuming talking about how the Japanese are, uh, you know, going to win the war and stuff like that to try to demoralize the Americans and the British, perhaps. But uh, I had no idea. I'd never heard of. Whenever I think, <clears throat> if I ever thought of Tokyo Rose, I might think of just like a. I don't know, like a Japanese restaurant or something like that. Nothing more oh, than that. I, I'd heard of her, but I mean, you know, Jeopardy. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> you know. It's not like I think we ever learned about her in school. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like just one of those little things they never really mentioned, but uh, it's a neat, I don't know, it's a neat little segment, I think. Um, well, uh, obviously, this is Gollyzilla's Godzilla. We already mentioned that. At one point, they. <laughs> Uh, Pinky mentions Kay Ballard, uh, whom I am not really familiar with too much, but she was an American actress and uh, comedian and singer, and she actually died uh, just uh, this year in January. So she was 93, I believe. So she lived a quite a life, quite a long life. Uh, the biggest reference, however, is Raymond Burr, and he has one line <laughs> other than grunting and groaning and, and roaring is, yes, I see. And he, Raymond Burr was in the original 1950s Godzilla movie, or Gajira, or however you want to pronounce it or say it. Gojira. Gojira, yes. Uh, so the original black and white uh, Godzilla movie. And he was basically, I believe, just dumped in so that American audiences could see an American actor that they I don't know if he was known at that point or not, but he's most known for being uh, Perry Mason, which was a TV show in the 60s and even into the 80s and 90s as well. Um, I never really watched Perry Mason. Kelly, did, did you? It seemed like something my grandmother would watch. And yeah, me. no, it looked boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was a courtroom drama and um, not, not like Law & Order, which is can be somewhat interesting. Uh, Perry Mason just looked like old pe- old person courtroom. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they have little references, I guess, to different Japanese companies, you know, like Sony becomes, uh, what is it, becomes sorry or something? Oh, phony, that's what it is. Sony becomes phony, and there's some other ones as well. But, you know, that's kind of to the side. I'm not going to go through all those. But let's talk about moments that we thought were funny or awesome or whatever. And uh, I guess, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, I like that Brain didn't think that shrinking things was a good idea, when obviously that's a good idea. Some genius you are, Brain. There we go. Uh, it was a good uh, smack talk. And <laughs> This scientific equipment will be invaluable for my plan to take over the world. You mean you're going to shrink electronics so only mice will be able to operate them? Don't be absurd, Pinky. There's no future in miniaturization. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think that was a better idea, Nathan? Well, because um, it happens, you know? Think, people want smaller digital things, you know? Um, what are you talking about? The future is in larger things. Phones are shrinking or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> or at least the things inside the phone are shrinking yeah, as the Japanese were. True. But that's their secret, you know? That's how the tech that's how they won that tech battle right there. They were just shrinking stuff. 
Yeah. I totally she, had Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, by the way, going off in my brain whenever <laughs> I saw this shrink ray. Yeah. Um, I, it reminded me of the comic when they talked about becoming big monsters yes. or something. Yeah, Nathan and I talked about a comic where he said, remember when we got big? And Nathan and I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> like, okay, apparently that happened. But yeah, and here's the, here's the proof. Um, there, you know, it's not really listed any of our reference guides, but this whole uh, concept, by the way, of of the brain going over to Pinky and saying, "Will you get out of that suit now? Come here and, you know, like, not realizing that it's really Godzilla or Go- Gollyzilla or whatever, and not Pinky in the lizard suit." Now you've gotten me mad, Pinky. Um, excuse me, Brain. Go away now, Pinky. Can't you see I'm fighting with Pinky? No, right. Oh, no, wait. How can you be fighting with me over there if I'm standing over here? It's a very simple principle, Pinky. It's because... That is the real Gollyzilla. That looks familiar to me, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like, um, I want to say I've seen it in uh, maybe Sylvester cartoons where somebody's dressed up like as a kangaroo and then, you know, get out of that kangaroo costume, but it's really a real kangaroo. You know what I mean? Does it, yeah. or, or an ape costume. Get out of that ape costume and help me. No, they've definitely done it in Looney Tunes. Yeah. So that whole concept right there was, felt very, I don't want to say old, but classic cartoon style right there well at one point the costume that pinky was in looked like a green baloney <laughs> it did kind of didn't it and is when it went over his head and closed and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> in those googly eyes uh yeah that 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 would be a great costume by the way uh forget about cosplaying as uh yakko wacko or daughter pinky in the brain but cosplay as pinky as gollyzilla uh, that would be a really awesome That'd costume. That would be wild, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it would actually make <laughs> a little bit more sense for Pinky to be human-sized, uh, dressed up as that. Like the the shrink ray or enlargement ray didn't work all the way, perhaps, you know? He's, <laughs> so there you go, cosplayers. There's your idea from for me. That'll That's a free idea. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kelly? Any, any moments in here that you thought were cute? Uh, I don't know about cute, but I noticed uh, the the way the scientists and and even Pinky were speaking at the beginning of the episode. It was definitely a um, a reference to the dubbed uh, films in Japanese and um, that sort of halting, stilted language. And um, and then Pinky, sla- or, I'm sorry, Brain slaps Pinky and was like, <laughs> get out, you know. Stop it. Brain, let us go and see Gollyzilla. We can watch excitedly as he crashes buildings and then flee in terror. Snap out of it, Pinky. Oh, thanks, Brain. <laughs> I like how their mouths didn't match up for the scientists uh, with what they're saying. Oh, yeah. With the, well, and uh, then later on when they're saying Gollyzilla is attacking and they have these two people in the in the... You know, whenever they had people outside in the in the streets, their their lips would never really move. I also like the other two scientists laugh, just the ha 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 ha
I personally like the part where the lovers are out in the park or something. The girl has a very, I forget what her name was, but it sounded very Japanese. And the guy's name is Herschel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So, not the most Japanese name, but I just thought that was uh, that was cute. This episode, by the way, was uh, like we said, was written by Charles M. Howell IV and uh, Gordon uh, Bresick, and those two wrote "Hooked on a Ceiling," which is which is the best episode ever. I know. I felt horrible, Kelly, during our panel at Phoenix Fan Fusion. I uh, I couldn't. I was like, they Charles M. Howell co-wrote the episode uh, with. Oh, why can't I think of it? <laughs> yeah, the one with Michelangelo. Well, it was early in the morning. It was. <laughs> I I had just done a lot of tech things trying to get the Skype to work and everything, so I had to cut myself some slack. But I felt so dumb. And then I was be- up all night driving. <laughs> yes. to get to the Comic Con. So. <laughs> but people in the audience gave some interesting responses. <laughs> Look, it's called. The painting with the Michelangelo guy. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's definitely not the title. Not the title, though. <laughs> painting with Michelangelo. Nope, it's not that. <laughs> well, I guess, Nathan, is there any other, uh, Nathan or Kelly, is there any other moments in this that you thought were funny, or we should we move on over um, to the next segment? I, I wonder if the whole, like, shoe thing, I wonder if that's, like, being racist or anything, you know? I mean, I know it's a it's a thing in you know, Japan to take your shoes off, but I feel like they're like making fun of that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, They were making fun of the custom, which, you know, I personally, I I shouldn't speak because I'm just a white guy, but so what do I know? But I, I saw it as good, good fun. You know, I didn't see it as someone maybe being offended, but I mean, like I personally wasn't offended because I'm not, you know, of that, but you know, I, I just wanted to point out that it could be taken offensive i'm sure yes. someone has <laughs> and if you are offended by it i'm sorry i mean that's i don't know what to say then if it's offensive then it is i'm i, I stand corrected it's, but that's like this is 20 something years ago this is a different time. exactly exactly a lot of you listeners weren't even born yet so <laughs> so there <laughs> yeah it's like somebody on twitter was talking about the casting of mickey rooney as mr Yunioshi in uh breakfast at tiffany's and it's like talk about offensive but it was the 60s and that doesn't make it okay um but i i know that the thought process behind that was different than what it would be today oh yeah totally yeah yeah (laughs) but um i it different times different uh levels of tolerance absolutely so hopefully we're moving in a better direction i would hope so Slowly but surely, it seems sometimes, uh, and sometimes with a few steps backwards. But uh, well, you know, whatever. Some trying to move forward anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, and it is called "That Smarts." <laughs> And That Smarts was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Adu Payden. Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in That Smarts? Okay. So, uh, Brain has realized that, you know, he keeps trying to take over the world, and it never happens. And he's trying to figure out why, and once you know it, he finds out it's Pinky's fault. Uh, He has a whole graph of Pinky's face 
uh, after he inputted the numbers. I don't know how that worked. But anyways, <laughs> it looked like his T81 uh, Texas instrument kind of plotting yeah, it's the like graph. graphing calculator. And you just put the uh, calculations in and it sketches the person. Although it had a Newton kind of a touchpad feature <laughs> with a little pen, which I thought was cool. Very mm-hmm. 90s calculator either way. But yes, Pinky's the problem. Yeah. It was all Pinky's fault. So the solution is not to get rid of Pinky, but to make Pinky smarter. So, uh, you know, simple idea, but it's complicated to uh, actually do. Um, so he creates this whole machine and uh, turns it on. And then, you know, Pinky, you would think he would sound different, but he sounds exactly the same when he comes out. But he's really smart. And uh, then he's doing all these calculations and brain's like, oh, we'll we'll, uh, do these things. We'll do air hockey things and we'll make everyone floating on the floor and then they can't move and we'll take over the world. And he's like, well, actually, your sign should be a cosine and therefore it won't work. And, you know, he's going through all his math and uh, it turns out that all of brain's ideas aren't going to work before they even start to do them. And Piggy's like, you know, I don't think it's uh, my fault that we keep failing this and he's like and brain's like yeah I, I mean i did the math look at this it's it's your fault and then piggy's like actually this is wrong and this is wrong and here uh, uh this should be a three and there uh and then it turns out the whole reason they keep failing is brain's fault so uh brain's like you know what i'm gonna make myself dumb so that pinky will be the smart one and then piggy's like you know what i liked it so much better when i was dumb so um, they both make themselves dumb without the other one knowing, so then they end up both dumb, and that's how the episode ends. Um, uh, but they're both dumb, and they can't make themselves smart because they don't know how. <laughs> there you go. And they don't know what to do t- <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I would hope that eventually they'd fix the machine somehow, probably accidentally. I don't know. My theory is the machine never worked in the first place. <laughs> oh, really? That's also a possibility, I suppose. <laughs> well, let's talk about any of the cultural references. I mean, they mentioned uh, before they, they, you know, it sounded like you're going to break up or something like that, which, by the way, did happen in the comic book. This has a very similar opening to one of the previous comic books that Nathan and I reviewed where mm-hmm. the brain says, this is all your fault, so I'm going to get rid of you and you have to leave the lab. And uh, I thought he was almost going to do it this time, but... Uh, Pinky mentions, oh, you know, you don't want this to happen because, you know, you don't want to be like Jerry Lewis. Think of how your greasy your hair is going to get. <laughs> uh, there's also a reference to Jimmy Hoffa, uh, who was a labor union, uh, head of uh, the American Labor Union. He disappeared under mysterious circumstances. He can currently be found somewhere, uh, what is it, six feet under with cement on top of him, perhaps. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Who knows where Jimmy Hoffa ended up? <laughs> I like how Brain said he was just going to be like him. He came back up, up from vacation, <laughs> so <laughs> I would like to really like to see that plan. I'm like, hello, I'm Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, but uh, there was also a, a, a romantic, a romantic uh, book that the Brain was going to publish, and there was something about like if you said the words that it was going to put out a hypnotic tone or something like that i'm not wasn't quite sure uh, i'll play the clip right here but at any rate the book had the names gertrude stein and alice b toklas uh, mentioned in the writing and those two were not only famous writers but they were also lovers and 
I believe they were mentioned in the Ernest Hemingway episode of Animaniacs that we mm-hmm. discussed. So, yeah, there's a little bit of forward thinking right there, I suppose. By the way, Brain looks a lot, you know, those romance trash novels <laughs> that Brain is on the cover of. Uh, so it's supposed to be like the Fabio role, I suppose, on there. But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's about it. I can really think for the for the references, but Kelly, what were some moments in this that you thought were cool? Well, I thought the romance novel part was funny. I was trying to read the title on it, and all I could make out was something about tartans. So it looked like a Scottish romance. Mm. So, um, I don't know, maybe a I don't think Outlander was out back then, the books, but, you know, that's a whole subgenre of romance novels that people are really into. It's a, it doesn't and, seem like you see those romance. It seems like in the 80s and 90s, I would always like it right in the checkout aisle. There would be like Fabio right there next oh, to yeah. the spearmint gum or something mm-hmm. <laughs> so that so that people can get them. I don't see those books uh, anymore in the checkout aisle, at least. They might still have them in the magazine area. Well. But. The covers aren't the same. I mean, even back when I was working at a bookstore, they were moving away. Like, instead of having people on the covers, they started having um, flowers or high heel shoes or, you know, just more like symbols or um, things like that. So they got away of the, the whole, uh, you know, bodice ripper sort of art style. Um uh-huh. Very modern, modern uh, covers now. So even if you saw one, you might even not even recognize it as a romance novel necessarily. Wow. So the days of Fabio are gone. Yeah, sorry, Fabio. Well, you know, <laughs> I just I hope his nose is okay. Remember when he got hit? Oh by yeah, but bird? Like bird when he was all a roller coaster. Oh, that was <laughs> that was the weirdest, freakiest thing ever. <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> it never happens except to Fabio, and it hits him uh, right in his million-dollar face. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but uh, uh, I just I, I wish I could have understood what Pinky and the Brain actually were saying half the time because of all these uh, formulas and equations and whatnot, but... Uh, couldn't understand it, but it sounded really intelligent. Well, let's get to somebody who knows a little bit about formulas and stuff like that, at least more than me and Kelly. Uh, Nathan, does Pinkies and or the Brain's uh, science work out at all with these? They, it all works out. So, for, <laughs> <laughs> so if I copied down some of this and made the corrections, I could actually take over the world? Is that what you're saying? Well, you can get an A on your test. Your math <laughs> test. <laughs> Well, all of it is completely true. I, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> what were some moments that you liked in this one, though? Um, I liked when Brain said, "Are you pondering what I'm pondering?" And then Vicky said, "Yes, I am." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> they will actually lift people several inches off the ground, immobilizing them. Eat God, Brain! It's like giant air hockey. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh wait, no, no, no. Yes, Pinky. Well, the coefficient values of your Fourier's. I mean, this should be sine, not cosine. Point. <laughs> kind of flips the whole thing around. Won't work. Pinky, that's right. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? Yes, I am. 
It was a little bit like, um, as soon as this episode started off, my wife said, is this like Flowers for Algernon? And oh, yeah. I, I, was, I thought the same thing. Yeah, so it was like, it's a little bit like that uh, story, I isn't forgot it? about, I was going to mention, I made a mental note, like, I should mention that, and then it made me so sad. Yeah, Flowers for Algernon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those stories I think most people read when they're in middle school or maybe mm-hmm. high school, and uh, it it is very similar to this, I suppose. Pinky does feel so sad, like it, it doesn't deteriorate or anything like that. Just, uh, Pinky just feels that the brain doesn't like him anymore. I just thought that was so... He looks so sad. <laughs> I liked it better when it was no Pinky this bop on the head, no Pinky that bop on the head, but now he can't. Being a smartly is no fun. Brain doesn't like me. I mean, we haven't even tried to take over the world once tonight. Uh, by the way, that little animation of him twiddling his tail right there was used sometimes with the kids WB promos before going to commercial or something like that. The brain, like they would show Pinky, like saying, "Oh, the brain said, you know, that we have to. I have to sit here until the commercials are done or something like." They mm. would they would overdub him, and uh, so it's, when I first saw that, I immediately thought of those little bumpers that I would see on kids WB. But anyway, um, yeah, the, you know, there was, there was some good stuff in here. I personally, I, I liked the part where, uh, the, when the brain becomes stupid and he's, he's tripping and he just looks so happy at how stupid he is. It falls flat on his face and laughs and then mm-hmm. says, point, I say point. And when he hears that, electricity going off in the background yeah his, his face his face drops <laughs> and the eyes go big and he just has that great expression and they just hold it right there no animation just to have the flashing lights on that uh awesome expression that the brain has so i i like that moment right there personally uh and i believe he <laughs> says that the that pinky has the iq of a horse hoof or a mule hoof which i <laughs> thought was a very descriptive way of <laughs> talking about Pinky's uh, IQ, but uh, yeah, some good good stuff in this cartoon. Pinky, scientifically speaking, it's because you are a spazzy, beetle-headed doofus with the intellect of a mule hoof that I have yet to conquer the world. Well, let's wrap it up real quick with uh, a song. We haven't had a song in quite some time. This song is called Brainstem. <laughs> And Brainstem was written by Tom Minton, and it was directed by Al Zegler. And in case you didn't know, Tom Minton is, in many ways, half of the inspiration for the brain. He's uh, it's half Tom Minton and half Orson Welles, <laughs> in a lot of ways that Maurice LaMarche put together. Well, uh, in this song, uh, the brain sings about the parts of the brain. At least the majority of them. I'm sure there's many different parts that he forgets. And Pinky has one job. And Pinky does it quite well. He actually does his job incredibly well. He doesn't mess it up at all. And all Mm -hmm. he has to say is brainstem. So he does. (laughs) 
And uh, in the end, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. The Brain has an awesome tambourine solo where he just stares right at the camera, staring right at you. And it looks a little creepy and very funny at the same time. And then he says that that'll make the little squirts happy or something like that. And uh, trudges off. And that's the end of the episode. The end. So there's our there's our song. Now this song for me actually did come in handy in college. I took cognitive psychology and I did have to point out parts of the brain. And I remember reviewing this song. It is much more complicated than Yakko's World or wacko's america or something like that it's uh but it it did help me a little bit i did i think i might have got a b minus in that class so it wasn't perfect but you know hey whatever i i squeezed out a passing grade so that's good enough for me so thanks brain (laughs) what are some of your favorite moments in this uh song kelly let's start with you i really liked it every time pinky popped in and said brainstem brainstem (laughs) Nathan, what about you? Um, I also like that part, and I like when Brain says that ought to hold the little kids, or what does he say? <laughs> yeah, little squirts or something, little, little kids, squirts, and they yeah. little kids happy, which mm-hmm. apparently is a reference to uh, there might have been some kid show where, um, and it's kind of undetermined if it's ever even true, um, but some kid show from the 50s or 60s apparently ended and uh, the the microphone might have still been on and the host said that that let you know that'll make the little so-and-so's happy <laughs> you're not gonna say it on the podcast no <laughs> there are people that appreciate her clean record too much for me to say it <laughs> you can look up what the person apparently said but it I wasn't very nice to the it. kids i almost said it but it's I, not the worst word it's not it really is it's not something you should say on a kid's program that's true and uh i guess on the simpsons right the G- gabbo said something mm. similar too so yep. it's a it's definitely a joke that is uh it, if, even if it didn't happen, at least with the baby boomer generation, they know <laughs> they could have sworn it happened. And we all yeah. know uh, sometimes these it might as well have happened. As long, you know, <laughs> too good to be too too good. It must be true, I suppose. Uh, well, anyway, that's it for today's episode. Um, I guess it's. I guess we got to get to the water tower rating. <laughs> So let's get right to it. Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Oh, no, I wasn't ready. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Okay. No, I got it. I got this. Okay. Um, last time I gave it three and a half. Time before that, three. So this one I'm going to go with four. So going, it's going up. Every episode is better than Ooh. the last I don't know, just about some sort of pattern. Um, I like that uh, <laughs> you, you you find out that Pinky is a genius. It's settled. There's no question about it now. And Brain is so insane in this episode. That, that's it. There you go. So four. Because it all <laughs> comes together. Okay. And Kelly, what about you? 
I'm also going to give it four. I thought it was a really strong episode and love that there was a song in it as well. All right. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half. Uh, I actually liked it a little less than the, the uh, definitely less than the second episode, I think. Um, and I think it's just because the, the first Gollyzilla segment wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. Um, mm. I know they were trying to be obscure and everything and weird with the, yes, I see, but I just found that too weird for whatever reason. And I like weird stuff, so I don't know why I didn't like that that much. Um, I did like the Raymond Burr versus Gollyzilla, though. I thought that was funny. <laughs> they're just fighting. <laughs> and I, it seems like they're just fighting over like who gets to have control of a building. I'm not exactly sure what they were fighting over, um, other than just who gets to be the big angry thing around. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I'll, I'll say three and a half, um, but it's close to four. Um, mm-hmm. If I could give it a 3.75, I would, but I can't. You can't. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> well, uh, I think before we uh, wrap things up, let me just mention one more cool thing. There's actually gag credits in these episodes, but they're not really necessarily gag credits. They're more words with definitions to them. So I'm going to mispronounce some of these, but I think they were worth mentioning. So uh, today's was Palanoia. Palanoia? Palanoia. That's how you say it. Palanoia. And uh, Palanoia is a compulsive repetition of an act until it's perfect. So mm. I would say the brain has Palanoia because he just keeps doing it over and over and over again until it's perfect, right? So there you go. Uh, episode two was, oh boy, I'm not even going to. I'm going to totally mess it up. Ultra crepidarianism. Uh, yeah, I think I might have said it right. Uh, but that's giving opinions outside of your knowledge. Uh, talking, you know, talking about stuff that you don't know what you're talking about. Something that I do too often. Doing it right now. I'm doing it right now <laughs> as we speak. And um, I'm going to completely mispronounce number uh, episode one of Pinky the Brain. Uh, Spizzer Inctum, Spizzer Inctum, which is just the will to succeed. So, hmm. Pinky and the Brain will teach you something. If you check out their gag credits at the end, you will learn a very weird word. And it, I believe has something to do with uh, Pinky and or the Brain. So, there you have it. Okay, well, I think let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? They can find me on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. And Nathan, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Joey, uh, JangoFT, that's me. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, well, you can find us on Facebook, and on Twitter, and on Instagram, and you can email us as well, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, you should subscribe to the Retrozap feed on your favorite podcast player. That way you get every single one of the fantastic Retrozap podcasts delivered straight to your device, free of charge. And uh, whether it's Star Wars, or Marvel, or comic books, or just pop culture in general, RetroZap has you covered. You can join our Discord group by simply going to discord.animanicast.com. Leave us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will 
hopefully read your review on the air, as well as support us by simply going to amazon.animanycast.com. Our T Public store is tpublic.animanycast.com, where you can find all different sorts of designs of Animaniacs, Freakazoid, uh, Pinky and the Brain, and well, just stuff that we thought were, was cool. There's some Spielberg stuff in there and some Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and some, I don't know, there's some like Harley Quinn stuff in there too because I just go, well, Harley Quinn's cool. I'll put her in there too. Why not? Anyway, all those different things. Let's wrap it up. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Yes, I... Yeah! Yeah!